Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Why do black widow spiders kill the male after mating? Because men are trash? Y- yes, but also to stop the snoring before it starts. <laughs> but I snore. <laughs> it's spoop hour? Welcome back. I promise I won't kill Courtney. Also, she's not a male. Also, I'm not a dude. I'm not trash. Also, my cat is about to French you. (laughs) Here's her butthole. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Spoop Hour. We are a paranormal comedy podcast. And as always, you can find us on the internet. First off, any podcatchers that you use, you'll hear us there. And then if you want to chat with us, we're at Spoop Hour on Instagram and Twitter. Very yes. communicative on Twitter. And yes. we also have an email, spoophour at gmail.com, where and you can give us stories, ask mm-hmm. us questions, give yep. us ideas, that kind of thing. Yep. That's a great idea to do, is send yeah. us some stories. Yeah, we have a story, but we, we have to sit on it because we have a theme we have that to... goes with it, so we can't share it. Yeah, right we got to, we got to, we, we have little... Baby steps to it's go. Like, it's like a quick time event, and we can't use up the quick time event before the yes <laughs> everything else is in the right place. Yep, that's yep. what it is. We have a snack today. Yes, we do have so, a snack today, and you made me pick between two snacks. I did, which brings us to a side topic for today. Because it's March. That means snack it time. Snack it time. So we talked about it a little bit last year, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. But Just enough to like give some people a taste of the <laughs> thing that we like to do that's not spoop hour related. And we didn't we didn't plug it as hard on our social. We just casually mentioned we do this thing. It's called the Snack It. A friend mm-hmm. of a friend organizes it, although yep. nobody knows who the snacks are is. And it's just basically, if you are unfamiliar, it is March Madness, but with snacks instead of basketball teams. Wouldn't our friend of the friend of our friend be the snack czar? No, that's he's, the thing. He's actually he's according, just the organizer. According to the Facebook uh-huh. group there's an, a very elaborate lore. It's kind of like the banker and dealer no oh. deal where you don't know who the banker is, but you don't know who the snacks are is. Okay. So the friend of the friend yeah. is sort of the spokesman yeah. for the organizer. I mean, I, I he's know, really a snack star. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really a snack star, but I know that this year, compared uh, in the last, what, two years or so, he's been soliciting people's mm-hmm. help to put everything together. Yeah. Which is why this year's, I think, is actually pretty good snack it's a, it's a it's, good snack it's a good snack it we've all so this year's categories are unique yeah you've got like one was midnight snack uh, that the, one was kind of hard that one was hard because if it's to, midnight i want to eat like a raccoon and those were all my raccoon trash choices yeah and the other one we had on the go snacks which yep. i had some issues with yeah and we'll then do it. <laughs> movie theater snacks which is a very specific niche yes and of course i was like yeah the next category is movie theater snacks and jack was like don't because movie theater snacks are really expensive and i'm like okay let's steal like bring our own yes movie theater snacks in like smuggle them into the theater yes um and then the last one was party snacks which i think is a good way to classify a lot of those things yeah which can be snacks but i know in years past people have been been like they require you know a lot of prep and blah 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 that's not a snack snack snack. is something you grab and just eat so there's a lot of discourse if you have a facebook go ahead and join the snack it facebook group there's a lot of discourse about what is a snack what what is is not a snack when people are upset because their favorites get knocked out yeah because the way the snack it works unlike march madness which is based purely on basketball games the snack it is a google form it's yeah it's a google form it's a democracy in its purest form and like a pure form democracy it can get real rough and mm-hmm. people get real mad like i for one was livid last year when charcuterie got knocked out by gelato and it's funny because i love charcuterie i think last year was the year where i was like Ugh, all of my favorites got knocked out so early that i like i, I think it was like the last two or three rounds i yeah. just kind of like voted 
based on my initial gut instinct where I was like, okay, well, I like that better, but I don't love it. Yeah. And so I didn't have like a lot of feelings and you had so many feelings I last did. year. I did. I had a lot of thoughts and feelings last year. My knee-jerk reaction when I get stuck mm-hmm. is to imagine the worst of each snack yep. and which one I would rather eat. So it's like, well, that's edible, but the worst of that, I don't want yeah. it. That's actually exactly how I figured out that I wasn't going to pick spinach artichoke dip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like if you've had, had some bad uh, yeah, I have too. And it was up against what's what queso? queso. Yeah, I and love queso. Queso is harder to fuck up. Yeah, like I will eat that shit out of the jar. That shitty jar, the, yeah. the like neon cheat, I'll eat that shit right out of the jar. In college I would dip my Oreos into the shitty jar of queso. Girl, you get no judgment from me. It was delicious. One of my roommates in college and I used to buy those like tubs of mm-hmm. Nestle Tollhouse cookie dough. Yeah. And then we would sit on our couch in the mill and watch Golden Girls and just eat spoonful after spoonful yeah. of cookie dough. And when people were like, why why cheese on your Oreos? I was like, you know, fondue. It's a salty, sweet Cheese treat. and chocolate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. It's salty and sweet. It was perfect balance of both. Our snack today is shoe pastry from one of our local bakeries. And I picked it against Girl Scout cookies because shoe pastry goes bad faster. It does. <laughs> and I can always get more Girl, Girl Scout, Scout cookies. cookies. I don't go to this bakery that often. Yeah. Basically, all of our grocery stores right now are Girl Scout cookie havens. And my rule of thumb is because I want to support the Girl Scouts because I believe in girls' leadership mm-hmm. and they do good work. And also, I love cookies. If I see Girl Scouts selling Girl Scout cookies, I will buy Girl Scout cookies. Yesterday on our way down to Richmond, we were at a shopping center near Tyson's Mm -hmm. and there were three different Girl Scout troops. It was a really long, it was like a really long shopping center Uh and in front of different restaurants and businesses, (laughs) there were different tables of Girl Scouts. And I was like, oh shit, are we like about to enter a turf war? No, you buy boxes from all of them. Yep. So were there any cat... Any of the pairings in the midnight snacks category that you had a hard time deciding between? Uh, not in the midnight snack. I had a moment with leftover pizza and chicken nuggets. Yeah. Especially because they pictured dinosaur chicken nuggets. Which are the best kind of chicken nuggets. Which are the best kind of chicken nuggets. The shape doesn't matter, but it does. Yeah. I did get mad that pickles are on the snack it. I put a comment about it. Pickles are disgusting. They took okay, the world. Okay, we're this podcast right now the, because pickles are not disgusting. They you take are the really... world's worst vegetable and you somehow make it worse. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Nobody wants you, pickle apologist. I'm just kidding. I love you. Cucumbers are refreshing and delicious. And Cucum- pickles, I think you've just had bad pickles. <laughs> That's between me and my past history. No. Yeah. I hate cucumber. It's a texture thing. It's a smell thing. I don't love vinegar. And so what do you do? You take a thing that I deeply despise, you soak it in vinegar and then say, eat it. No. So that's another one of these things where it's like, what kind of pickles are you talking about? Because yes, he put a jar of like, you know, gherkins, gherkins, right? Uh But he didn't specify that they're gherkins, right? He just put a picture, just like the dinosaur chicken nuggets. Are it you, could be any chicken nugget. Are you applying anything pickled for pickles? I am applying anything pickled for pickles. I don't think that's fair. I, well, and also tater tots, I like cauliflower tots. Tater tots are, I like tater tots, but in the middle of the night, I'm going to reach into the jar of pickles and pull out a pickle or into the Tupperware and pick out some pickled daikon or pickled carrots or whatever because it's easier than... Being up at midnight and waiting for the the, the dinghy to ding, <laughs> the timer to ding. See, but that's the, where I was. The only way I would eat pickles mm. is in some sort of hypothetical scenario mm. where someone put a gun to my head mm. and said, "Eat these pickles or I'll kill you." I'll eat other pickled things, mm-hmm. but I think by pickles he specifically means yeah. cucumbers brined in vinegar yeah. and that make you but hate even, yourself. Even if I was. Uh, like resigning myself only to that cylinder yeah i would still pick pickles over tater tots oh i would pick tater tots because of the time constraint i just love like a fresh hot tater tot Mm. dipped in salt and pepper if it was party food tater tots i would have picked party snacks tater tots yeah does that make sense yes so this is just a taste of what the snack it can do to people and the funny thing is with like like your pickle discourse i have a lot of friends who don't like pickles Uh but at this point they've just been like here's my pickle and we don't fight about it anymore they just like know like, just to give me their oh, pickle, yeah, and like, they don't get, like, up in arms about it. But t- the I, snack it does things like that. I only get up in arms about it because I don't feel pickles belong on mm-hmm. the snack it. In a real-life scenario, I just try to find a new home for my pickle. Right. Or I say, please don't give yeah. me a pickle. Right. Because I do not like pickles, but and if they touch anything, it's ruined. It's funny, though, because pickles are a snack, because you just reach for it. 
when you're hungry. I mean, define snack. Right. It's See, this is where we get into. Right. No, but a, a, for people who like pickles, pickles are a snack. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm going to support their snacking choices. That's a right, but that doesn't mean that, that this support. is not Courtney's snack. It. This yes, is it sna- is. No, it's the snack <laughs> Snack it. You're not snack czar. You don't know that. I do know that. You couldn't possibly. Know no, that. I I know that. Anyway, this is the snack it. Go um, participate in it. It's a good time. One thing that I had an issue with though was putting a yogurt cup uh-huh. on on the go snacks rather than just putting gogurt. Yeah, because I can't eat yogurt on the go. Yogurt is something that. I eat before I leave for my destination or when I get to my destination. For me, I just don't like beef jerky. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'll pick yogurt cup by default, but I'm not crazy about either of these for, choices. Like all, and then I had to pick granola bars over fast food french fries for on-the-go snacks, which is funny because one's ranked first and one's ranked yeah. 16th. Because when I'm thinking about on-the-go, I'm thinking about when I have to like be at an anime con or a comic con, mm-hmm. and what can I put in my backpack mm. that I can See, eat in between interviews. On the go for me mm-hmm. is I have to be in a place in half an hour. I want to put something in my face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive through McDonald's on the way. Yeah. I don't have that. And that's the thing. Like when I'm going, I usually don't have access to fast food See, or time to go stop at a fa- thing. Yeah. So it's really interesting to he- like that the snack czar, whomever they may be, is thinking like what, what on the go means to them yeah, and, and to the people who've been helping them put this together. And to the um, people in turn, because your definition of on the go is different than my definition right. of on the go. And my definition is correct. If you're going to be correct about pickles, I'm going to be correct about this. So you're saying I am correct about pickles. No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm throwing it back on you that you can't be that hard headed about pickles. Um, I like the party snacks category. Everything is stuff that I've seen at parties. Yes. Like, I support all of it. And then even the movie theater one. I think they just went to like a movie theater, took a picture of <laughs> yeah, and what's they were in the like, case, and they're boom. like, we're just going to put that all there. So, what is your movie theater snack of choice? I generally go for any kind of M&M. Mm, generally not plain. I prefer like peanut. But. Yeah. Just a big tub of movie theater popcorn shared yeah. between everyone who's yeah. watching the movie. I And it's funny because there's like a lot of these chocolates on here that I like in small quantities yeah so i tend to not buy candy when i'm at the movie theater and only popcorn yeah yeah what was your party snack like your favorite party snack on the list oh specifically on the mm-hmm. list or or the favorites plural okay yeah. i mean obviously charcuterie board i've already yeah. gone into how much i love charcuterie yeah. board i love queso i mm-hmm. love all quesos uh mozzarella sticks basically the party food is going to get really hard for me next round it will yeah i also had a really hard time with homemade brownies versus homemade chocolate chip cookies yeah because like I, how you have to think about the and that was that was where I used that line worst of reasoning of worst of both cheese of choice and crackers and veggie and ranch dip was like my that was that was that was a test for me because see, I like both and again it was of your choice yeah and I really liked that they put of your choice this year because it does make it makes the logic a lot it's harder. your ideal cheese right. versus a generic veggie platter. That was the decision but for me. For me, it was my my favorite cheese and crackers with a veggie platter of veggies I like. Oh, right, yeah. so lots of cauliflower and tomatoes and you know cucumber and uh, celery and you know like I like a good veggie platter. Yeah, I don't mind a veggie platter, mm. but if I can only put one thing on my plate and it's veggie platter or cheese, it's always gonna it, be cheese. Yeah. Anyway, snack it. Go snack check it, it out. out. 15 out of 10. Did anything spooky happen to you this week other than the fact that you're about to kill me for my opinions on pickles? Um, just, let's see. Richmond, Virginia doesn't like lights. Like, driving around Richmond at night trying to go to anyone's house, even in the city or in the suburbs of Richmond... They don't believe in streetlights. Yeah, it's or it's, it's so, those like weird low level. Or it's the lights. really low level gas lights, and you're like, like, why bother? I can't see anything. <laughs> Somehow this makes it worse. And, and so it was. It was very strange driving to our friend's house last night because mm. it was very dark, and I didn't know where I was going. But then finally, Google Maps was like, "You've reached your destination," and I was in front of like a house number with a long driveway, and I was like. I don't know, was the number this? And Jack looks at my phone, he goes, you only put their names because you saved the address. I was like, okay. And I kind of squinted, and off in the distance where the house was, there was a light-up snowman in the window. (laughs) I was like, that's creepy, but also I know this is my friend. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, how about you? Nothing spooky happened to me personally. Except the ghost sitting on your throat? Except for, yes, I... I'm either getting a little bit sick, my sinuses are acting up, something, but the past two mornings I've woken up at about five with my nose completely closed and it 
like choking because I can't really breathe through my mouth yeah. either. So having to like wake up in the middle of the night and deal with that, even mm. though it's five in the morning, so it's not the middle of the night. So other than the ghost that is trying to kill me, there, there. I'm patting Courtney on the back <laughs> for in now, a comforting way. Until I'm the next time, I'm forgetting about her opinions on pickles. <laughs> I'm putting that aside See, for our friendship and this podcast. What I love <laughs> is like you're so mad about me with pickles, and I have already forgotten the thing that you were like. This is the hard line I'm going to take. I've already forgotten yeah, no, the thing I'm, that was. <laughs> I for for the sake of our long-standing 15-year friendship. I'm going to put that, put that <laughs> well, aside. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no regrets. So my best friend, Andrea... I can't wait to hear the story. ...texted me out of the blue on Thursday, have I told you how my building at school is haunted? Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. I responded in all caps, no, but tell me everything. So basically, my best friend teaches pre-K down in middle of nowhere, Florida. Please don't murder her. You won't be able to find her anyway, because it's the middle of fucking nowhere. Anyway, so she had this kid last year who had behavioral issues, and he talked to himself a lot. Mm -hmm. And he, because he was disruptive and he didn't play nicely with the other kids, and it's pre-K, during nap time, he would sleep in one of the closets because he couldn't be out in gen pop, essentially. So they'd put him down for nap time and sit with him mm-hmm. in the closet, and he would look up into the corner and talk to something. I hate it. Oh, it's going to get so much worse? I'm excited, but I hate it. And that was what I responded, OMG. Then after school or even during school, when they knew no one was in that closet, they would hear banging. And the way... It's not like it's sound transferring some, from somewhere mm-hmm. else. This is a closet that isn't really attached to mm-hmm. anything else. It's just the classroom. Or while he was dead asleep... And in the closet, they would hear banging in there. So they knew it wasn't him. They were sitting in there. There was nothing else. Mm -hmm. But they would hear banging. Then around last April, they were on the playground. And one of the little girls went to the bathroom. And this bathroom is right next to the closet in question. Uh She came out crying and shaking. And she said that she saw something crawl out of my best friend's classroom that was all white with long hair and black eyes. And it did the uh, finger come here thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm doing that to Sasha now to demonstrate podcast on a visual medium, but it's the like crinkle yeah, finger, like, like come the hither. Come, come hither, but like a spooky thing. And according to my best friend, this was a girl who she was a really good kid and wouldn't just make something like this mm-hmm. up. So anyway, this year both of those students have moved on. It they're in kindergarten now, but the stuff keeps happening. Ah, <laughs> some. Andrea will go in in the morning and her projector will be pointing all the way in the wrong direction. And this is something I was like, well, maybe that's the cleaning crew. Apparently the cleaning crew turned it once for cleaning purposes, Mm -hmm. but because it's really big and heavy, they did it as kind of like a joke. Mm -hmm. And they promised never to do it again because it's big and heavy and hard to set up right. Yeah. So like they even went to the principal to be like, they can't touch the projector, like leave the projector where it is. So it's definitely not the cleaning crew. And on Thursday, Andrea said, yesterday must have been a bad day for the ghost. We were all in, so Andrea moved rooms, so they were all in her old room. Mm -hmm. And that room's door started to close all by itself. Mm -hmm. Which, like, okay, sometimes doors do that, whatever. But it stopped with about, like, a foot and a half left open. Mm -hmm. And then it slammed shut. And (laughs) they were the only ones left in the building. Everybody else had gone home for the day. So Andrea went back into her room and the CD drive on her computer popped open by itself. (laughs) And then 40 minutes later, as she was walking around her room, a movie started playing just out of nowhere. So same day, they went out for recess, came back in, and the projector was turned just enough for the projection to be off the screen by like a foot. Mm -hmm. And they still hear bumps all the time. Last year, last year, last week, they had an evacuation drill. And so they chose to run for the back because it's the kind of drill where you either run or you stay. So they chose to run for this one. But the assistant principal thought they had chosen to stay because when the building had cleared out, he heard talking in her room. But when, but he went to check and no one was in there. I'm sending her a care package (laughs) of like... White sage We're gonna and get crystals into this, and salt. Because I offered. So, uh. so if it's after dark, they leave all the lights on. Nobody will go in there alone anymore because they're all convinced it's like fucking haunted as shit. 
Andrea said that she had come to terms with the noises and whatnot, but when the assistant principal said he heard voices and then everything yesterday, to quote her, I'm so freaked out, plus all this Momo shit going around. And I was like, oh, Momo is just creepypasta bullshit with like a sculpture that's kind of creepy. It's not a big deal. And so I was like, do you want me to send you like an amulet or some like white sage or something? Because I'll do it. And I like sent her a cute little like evil eye thing. And I was like, you can hang it on your door. It'll be cute. And she said, I think it's our friend. I don't know. The thing the little girl saw seems super scary, but if we say good morning to it and whatnot, it seems to settle. And I was like, are you brave enough to do a Ouija board with it? And she goes, absolutely the fuck not. So here's where you come in. We need your good vibes and yeah. my good vibes. If she gets a job and they, they can move, yeah. she's like, absolutely, because I'm visiting her in May right, anyway. Right. So if this is her last year at that school, she's all in for... Me going there and us doing a Ouija in there. So, everybody send good vibes. How old her school is? No, I don't think so. I can okay. ask her. Yeah, if we find out how old the school is and, like, yeah. I will text her now and see if she gets back to me. Because, like, obviously, I'm thinking about a lot of the elementary schools in this area specifically. Yeah. Like, the one right here by our house is, yeah. a li- is younger than the one up the street because they had to build the second one because the, the other, other one got, one got full. full. Yeah. But that one was built with the the neighborhood and that was built starting in like 1960 1961 yeah and then the elementary school showed up in like 1963 or four yeah. so shit happens there are yeah. civil war battles over here like yeah. on literally on this property so, yeah this like, is just it's middle of nowhere know, florida, florida so, so i don't know if this is like prison colony bullshit or like what the deal is because mm-hmm. florida was prison colony yep. i don't know but her coworker, who has witnessed some of these events, mm-hmm. was like, your friend can interview me on her podcast, but I get to pick the name of the episode, Leslie Nope Style. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, wouldn't be that far out with our episode. Exactly. Um, so that's the spooky thing that happened to me this week. I guess one other spooky thing that happened was my mom and my dad texting me separately this morning going, murder in our neighborhood. What? <laughs> there was a, trip, a double murder suicide what? in the next neighborhood over. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, like, and you didn't tell me until just now because I forgot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The and it was like on the street that one of my best friends grew up on. Oh shit! And so I like I really want to text her and be like, Hey, I know That's your what folks. Happened. I know your folks have moved and you haven't heard the name this street <laughs> in a long time. But let's let me tell let's you talk about. about some stuff. I did get nervous because I do know like a, I, I st- there are a lot of like parents of my high school friends who still live in that neighborhood mm-hmm. along with my parents, and so I was like, Oh. Ah. <laughs> And then I looked at the article that my dad sent me, and it, it doesn't have any names I recognize. So I was like, oh. okay, this is fine. That's fine. I mean, it's not fine that they got no. murdered, but it's fine that That's also, I don't know anyone. <laughs> where we live is a very, like, safe and, dare I say, boring area. Yeah. We have a murder, like, maybe once a decade. Yeah. So, and it was a damn. It was a domestic violence situation. Oh, fuck, so it I wasn't random, those. which yeah. is good. Yeah. Because... We live here. We live here. <laughs> we, just but like that, that just, other thing that happened in December oh, yeah. was like a high school drama thing. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't anything to do with us. So that's good. Uh, and then... Uh, 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 Andrea texted her back. It was renovated 10 years ago except for her building because it was owned by the county, not the school board. The school itself goes back to the 60s. Okay. It was the true black school in the county and it was K for the K through 8 for a while back then. Oh. All right, so it's okay. It's, some some it's his, older. some history. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm. and it was in the South, so yeah. When segregation oh. was a thing, that makes sense that it would be particularly there. I woke up in the middle of the night clenching my teeth really hard because I started wearing my retainer again because yeah. my or my dentist told me you should start wearing it again. Yeah, and so the last three nights I've had like a lot of intense tooth pain uh, while, in, they're, adjusting while they're adjusting back. And last night I was clenching so hard that I was like. Like, in my dream, I was in a lot of pain, so I took it out and then got back in bed and was looking at Jack, and he was just, like, this big black amorphous blob, because my brain was still in, like, the weird lizard brain, and I wasn't sure if he was breathing, so I just stuck my hand out (laughs) and was, like, touching him for a little bit, and I still couldn't tell if he was breathing or not, and I was like, (laughs) and then passed out. I've done that both with my Jack and with my cat. Yeah. Every so often, I'm just like, I just need to make sure. I need to make sure. We're good? Okay, we're good. Yeah, so... So, what are we talking about today? Let's circle back to that joke at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Black Widows. Black Widows, but not the Marvel kind. No. Which every Google search is minus yeah. Avengers, minus Marvel. When we came up with this topic, it sounded like it would be fun and exciting and spooky to talk about, and we did not think through how hard it would be to research because mm-hmm. of all the fucking Natasha Romanoff backstory. 
And Avengers. I'm like, that's not what I want. And I'm like, stop it. Please. I ended up having to search like Black Widow murders minus Marvel minus Johansson minus Natasha minus Avengers. And then finally I started getting Yeah, I think stuff. I looked for like murderesses. Yeah. And then I looked for murder, famous murder husband. Oh, nice. That was smart. <laughs> and then like. <laughs> famous murder husband. Black Widow murders. Yeah. Yeah. And still was getting some Natasha Romanoff, and I was like, please, it's for research. (laughs) So, I guess to just kind of start out with Black Widows that are not from Marvel. (laughs) In case um, you're unfamiliar with what they are. Per Urban Dictionary. Ooh, very um, reliable. A girl who makes a guy fall in love with her, and after he does, she loses interest and breaks up with him. That sounds Black Widow is. But it's interesting that that's where the nomenclature is. Yeah. But really, what is a better definition of Black Widows? <laughs> Literally and, anything else. Anything else. A female who feeds off the mental, physical, and material means of a male and then leaves him for dead. Or a woman who sucks out the life out of a male just like a Black Widow spider does and then kills him after having her way with him. To me, that sounds more like a succubus, but yeah. that's, that, that's, just, that's... I'm quibbling. Yeah. <laughs> or... A poisonous spider, or a disingenuous woman who exploits her position in a relationship to the detriment of her partner, or... Oh, Jesus. Or, in the conflict between Russia and Chechnya, a Chechen <laughs> widow whose husband died at the hands of the Russians, who consequently becomes a terrorist, usually a suicide bomber herself. What the Jesus fuck? Christ! Don't go to UrbanDictionary.com. No, that is not... Oh, that is, that is a real mixed bag. Yeah. There's Ooh. another one that's about, like, whipped men and da 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 Yeah, like, a lot of Black Widow stuff seems like it's, like, toxic masculinity yep. looking at domestic violence the wrong exactly. way. So, wow. Ew, there's some sex stuff in here, oh, too. I was going to say, my, I <laughs> was going to make number five was sex stuff. My, I, I was going to make the joke, Black Widow, it's when you take the butt and, like, do something dirty to it. <laughs> an, a, an assassin who can kick the shit out of you or seduce you to get your get her away. That's the Marvel definition. That's the Marvel definition. You're not So, Black Widows are, like the definition about the spider said, nomenclature is named based off of the Black Widow spider or Latrodectus. Sure. Of, yeah. Um, <laughs> that d- sounds right. Latrodectus, which is a broad genus of spiders, including... Black Widow and Brown Widow spiders. Oh. So there's multiple colors. Oh, that's just nice. Just like Lady in White and yeah. Lady in Gray and, and Lady, Lady in Blue. Blue and Lady in Red yeah. and Lady in yeah. Black and But Lady basically, Brown. females are dark colored and readily identifiable by the reddish marking on the abdomen, which are often hourglass shaped. So that's where we get our famous image of, yes. of Black Widows. They us- female widow spiders have unusually large venom glands, and their bite can be particularly harmful to large vertebrates, including humans. Only the bites of females are dangerous to humans. And again, they get their name because it's common that uh, the female will eat the male after mating. To so be fair. That's fun. One, that's fun. Two... It's not uncommon mm-hmm. in the insect world. Like, you also get praying yeah. mantises do that. There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual cannibalism in the animal kingdom. Yeah. Animal kingdom's fucked up. But yeah. also, like, only black widows get the bum rap for it. So I don't yeah. know if we just came across black widows doing it sooner. Yeah. Or, like, how... The, the fun thing about... had green widows. Right. The fun thing about that, though, is that uh, male black widow spiders are tend to select their mates by determining if the female has eaten already. <laughs> To avoid being eaten themselves. Oh, I feel like they that's can, why my boyfriend picked me. And it's funny because they can like sense chemicals in the webbing. Oh, nice. And to be like, so, to be like, yeah, oh, she's had dinner. So let me get in there. Yeah, she's had dinner. So let me get in there. Versus she hasn't had dinner. Oh no, run away. <laughs> right? That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So I do want to say my basically other... feed your women. Yeah, I mean, you should anyway. Feed your women. I was going to say my other favorite weird animal kingdom mating habit Mm. is the anglerfish because the male Mm. anglerfish attaches himself to the female anglerfish because she's like exponentially Mm -hmm. larger than him. He's like a little like tiny thing. He sticks himself to her and then slowly she consumes Consumes him him. Mm -hmm. and then she possibly gets pregnant when she consumes the part of him that has the sperm part. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's good to know because the female anglerfish then is like the anglerfish we always think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's fun. Yay! Cannibalism. So I have a quick and silly ghost story to kind of warm us up. Yeah, let's do it. While this is a spooky topic, it's not necessarily like paranormal in any right. way. It's so just scary. It's just scary and spooky, and mm-hmm. like let's talk about murderers because yep. it's fun. 
So in the 1990s, so when we were both alive, great. according to weekandweird.com, there was a rise in fear of a very specific kind of ghost, mm-hmm. the widow ghost. Hmm. A widow ghost is the ghost of a woman who was possibly, heavy air quotes, sexually promiscuous in life and now returns from the great beyond to take revenge on the men who wronged her. It's a tale of slut shaming, but with a fun paranormal twist. Paranormal slut shaming. Well, we have our episode title. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Damn. Widow ghosts spend their nights hunting wayward men to kill. These, I mean... I mean, same. Same. But, like, <laughs> once they find the men and they kill them, those men then spend their afterlives as the ghostly husbands of the widow ghosts. Okay. So it's like they pick a dude, they kill him, and then they're married. Yeah. During the height of the 90s panic about them, some men allegedly dressed in drag while they would while they were sleeping <laughs> because they were like, the widow ghost is going to see me and be like, oh, a girl, I'm completely heterosexual. I'm not into this. Guess I won't kill this person and thus would leave them also, alone. Like, I, I, having confidence is one thing, but <laughs> assuming that she's just going to pick you. I mean, willy nilly. That's fair. Like. What makes you think you're afterlife husband material, buddy? Right? I know. What makes you think that you're worthy? To quote Beyonce, I can have another you in a minute. As yeah. a matter of fact, he'll be here in a minute. Don't you ever for a second get to thinking you're irreplaceable as a husband ghost. <laughs> but apparently this trick did not work because widow ghosts are not stupid. No. Weirdly, the only thing that does work is a good old fashioned tiny wooden penis that you wear. I don't know where you wear it. I couldn't find details about that. Like an amulet? I don't know. You just get a tiny wooden dick and you're fine. And what I think about this is it was the 90s, so it was starting to be like when people were experiencing yet another wave of feminism being like, oh, women can actually like do what they want. If they want to have promiscuous sex with people they're not married to, they can do that. Because they're, they're human beings. Yeah. So this is probably just like puritanical response to that. Being sure. like, oh no, watch out for the slutty ones. But let me wear this But let me wear this penis. tiny wooden penis somewhere. Why? I don't want to get into it. Why are the people in the 90s British? Well, you were alive in the 90s. That was when everybody was oh, super that, British. That, that's true. I was yeah. thinking about all my favorite rom-coms. Some, uh, most of my favorite rom-coms are some degree of British, the Spice Girls. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it British. was the British yeah, invasion. The British invasion in the 90s. Yeah, when we were all just a little bit British. Anyway. <laughs> Before Courtney shares some stories of real-life black widows. Not the spider kind. Not the spider kind. The other kind. I was going to just share a little bit of its role in some pop culture. For one thing, if you look up, like, most infamous black widow murderers, you get... There's a story from Rolling Stone, which mm-hmm. has covered these things. Um, I think you got one of your stories I did, from yes. Rolling Stone. And that, that, that article is really, really fascinating to read, but there are ma- many female killers in fiction, mm-hmm. including, you know, people who, these, like, serial killer type women, and Love you it. get a lot of these tropes that are, like, letting fem- female characters, like, or female characters who are goaded into murdering their men versus, like, or goading males to commit the murders for them oh, and that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, they've included Lizzie Borden, right? Mm-hmm. Or Lady Macbeth. Oh. Yeah. Because she didn't necessarily, she she had the blood of people on she, her hands. She yeah, killed, she encouraged she, it. She encouraged the murder, She was on right? board. There are some. And then she spends the entire, like, second act just, like, compulsively washing her hands because she can't get the blood out. Exactly. Some John Steinbeck characters, Stephen mm. King characters, Ugh. Misery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess te- she didn't kill her husband, though. She just tortured that author. That she, she ta- really tortured liked. the author. Yeah. Shirley Jackson, women. Mm. Um, and so it was. it's interesting to see, like, how murderesses are incorporated into pop culture. But my favorite of all murderesses, not murderesses, Black Widows, is Rosie from A Bug's Life. Yay! I thought she was so cool when I was little, <laughs> not because of the murder part, but she was just a really cool female character. And a little bit because of the murder part. And because, a little bit because of the murder <laughs> part. She would get very frustrated with a lot of the other people who are, you know, in the circus troupe, P.T. Flea's circus, mm-hmm. but she was always very nice to Dim, her, her beetle partner, and... When she was at the bar at one point, this is Bonnie Hunt voicing her. So she's telling her life story to like another bug at the bar, and she goes, "Yeah, and that's how my twelfth husband died, which made me a you know makes me a black widow widow. But really, I'm thinking like black widow 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 widow. But she's just like 
laughing it off while she's like flirting with a guy at the bar and the guy at the bar was like just into it into it Love i was it. like that's awesome <laughs> respect. so respect she put her truth out there and the guy didn't run away yeah and so. that's that's the important thing to remember is you because i'm going to get into it with this first story i'm going to tell you have to get your truth out there mm-hmm. because it's not fair to the other person to not know your truth mm-hmm. and then how they react to it, you can't control. But if it's a negative reaction, you say, don't have to kill them. You could just be like, you know what? Somebody else is going to come along and this is going to be their thing too. Great. There's a lid for every pot. Let's talk about murder. Yay! I'm excited to hear your stories. All I want to do all the time is talk about murder. So this is like my ideal circumstance. Yeah. Anyway. So the first story I'm going to tell is that of Audrey Marie Hilly. Obviously, since this is the... Black Widow episode, spoiler alert for how the story ends, but this story is bananas, like, it takes, it's full of twisty turns. On June 4th, 1933, Audrey Marie Frazier was born and lived her early days in Blue Mountain, Alabama. In 1951, when she was 18, quite young but normal for the time, she married Frank Hilly. They had the perfect 50s life. Frank had a really good paying job, good paying, well paying job. And Marie was a secretary, and they had two kids, Mike and Carol, like a boy and a girl. That's like the 50s ideal. But, much like the rest of the 50s, underneath the thin veneer of perfection, there was a bunch of, like, shady shit going down. Hells yeah! Turns out, Audrey was a big spender, and she burned through their income and continued to dwindle their meager savings because of her excessive spending. This was a source of conflict in the marriage, which could have been a lot worse had Frank known that Audrey was supplementing her spending habits by having sex with her bosses in exchange for money. Which, this is the sort of thing I was talking about. Like, speak your truth. If you want to fuck your bosses for money, okay, maybe tell your husband before you do. Yeah. Because every, all parties have to be on board. You can't force him to be on board with it. And if he's not on board, you can be like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. The end. Nobody dies. Amazing. But other than the occasional fight over money, not the sleeping with the boss's thing, because again, Frank didn't know. Frank and Audrey were making it work until about the 1970s, when Frank and their son Mike started having weird illnesses. Uh Uh-huh. They were both diagnosed with the stomach flu, and Mike actually got better, but only once he left home and went to the seminary. Okay. Weird. Oh, well. Okay. In 1975, things took a turn for the worse for Frank. Uh-huh. First, he came home early from work because he still had his flu-like symptoms. Uh-huh. So he was like, I'm going to go home. I feel like crap. And he walked in on Audrey in bed with one of her bosses. Because they had not had an open and frank discussion about it to get everybody on board, he was very upset to find that his wife was being unfaithful. Uh-huh. But instead of immediately demanding a divorce, and it was the 70s, so people did kind of divorce yeah. then, Frank just was like, you know what? I just want to talk to our son about this because their son was now an ordained minister. Right. So after Mike visited in May of the same year, Frank went to the doctor complaining of nausea and abdominal pain. He was officially diagnosed with a viral stomach ache and was sent home being like, well, you know, get better, have some chicken soup, I guess, IDK. But when his condition worsened, Frank checked himself into the hospital. A few rounds of tests confirmed that his liver was failing due to infectious hepatitis, Frank died on May 25th, 1975. What a weird coincidence! What a weird coincidence! The end! Just kidding. Due to the suddenness of Frank's death, Audrey signed off on an autopsy because a uh-huh. lot of times, like, he went from being, like, kind of sick to being, like, super dead. Yeah. So they were like, I mean, we would kind of like to see just to confirm this diagnosis. And Audrey was like, yeah, that's fine. You do yeah. what you need to do. There was swelling in Frank's lungs and kidneys, as well as stomach inflammation and pneumonia. Uh-huh. And all of that is pretty consistent with infectious hepatitis. So the official coroner's report said, cause of death, infectious hepatitis. Bing, bang, boom. Seems fine. Totally normal. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm just telling this story because I was like, oh, an interesting tale interesting of hepatitis. tale of, yeah. Just- infidelity and hepatitis. <laughs> Giving your partner an STD because you didn't have an open and frank conversation. You gotta have an open and frank conversation when your husband's name is Frank. Mm. You have to have an open conversation with Frank. Yes. (laughs) Audrey collected Frank's life insurance policy, which was worth $31,140, which is like $100,000 today. Uh So, pretty decent money. Yeah, decent money. It's a life insurance policy that Audrey had taken out in secret. Uh Uh-huh. And Frank 
didn't know about it, and she took it out when Frank started getting sick. Uh-huh. Weird. Cool. Three years later, Audrey took out a $25,000 life insurance policy on her daughter, Carol, with uh-huh. a $25,000 rider attached in the event of Carol's accidental death. I don't like where this is going. Red flag. Just like, big ol' red flag. Just say no. Within a few months of this rider taking effect, Carol started experiencing, do you want to guess? Stomach aches? Yep. Blue? Stomach problems. Uh-huh. She even went to the ER a few times with severe nausea. After a year of this, Audrey started giving Carol injections that she claimed would help her nausea, which, as I put in my notes, red flag, red flag, red flag, trust no bitch. But Carol kept getting worse despite these magic injections. Move out of your mom's house. Weird. (laughs) Carol started to experience numbness in her extremities, but further medical testing revealed no cause for this symptom. So her doctor was like, well, obviously this is psychosomatic. This silly woman, she just thinks she's in pain. So he sent her for psychiatric evaluation at Caraway Methodist Hospital. While she was there, Carol received two more doses of the magic anti-nausea injections from her mother, Audrey. But Audrey swore Carol to secrecy. Why? Because Audrey claimed that Audrey's friend was a nurse, and that's where she was getting the magic anti-nausea drugs from. Uh-huh. And that if anybody found out that the nurse was giving away anti-nausea medication, she could lose her job. Uh-huh. So you just shut your mouth that I'm giving you secret injections. Okay, cool. Okay, great. After a month in the hospital under psychiatric evaluation and continued nausea and numbness in her extremities, Carol's doctor finally found the real culprit of her symptoms. She had malnutrition and vitamin deficiencies from what was probably heavy metal poisoning. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. It was going to be a heavy metal mercury or something. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That very day, Audrey was like... Well, we gotta go. So she checked her daughter out of the hospital against the doctor's orders. Because the doctor was like, uh, your daughter is worse than she was a month ago when we checked her in here. Please don't take her. And Audrey was like, can't hear you going through a tunnel. Bye. Coincidentally, Carol went back into the hospital the very next day because her symptoms were still getting worse. And just as happenstance, Audrey was arrested for passing bad checks on the day that Carol went into the hospital. Where do you think the checks are going? I don't know. To Carol's insurance company. So the insurance policy that she had taken out, she was trying to make payments on her Uh daughter's policy. Actually, the policy had lapsed because Audrey was passing bad checks to pay the premiums. And that's when everything kind of started to unravel for old Audrey. Mm -hmm. This time, the hospital noticed some more symptoms that pointed to a sinister cause of Carol's illness. In addition to her numbness, she had also lost some of her deep tendon reflexes. Oh, God. And her fingernails had Aldridge Mies lines, and these are white marks that run parallel to the cuticle in someone who has been poisoned by arsenic. Get Carol some therapy after (laughs) we get her better. Please. Carol's going to need a lot of help. Carol's going to need a lot of help. And remember, Mike was originally sick, too, but then he moved away. He moved away. Carol's doctor started connecting the dots, running a test on a sample of her hair to confirm his suspicion that she'd been poisoned with arsenic. What he found were arsenic levels that were 50 times higher than would naturally appear in her hair. More of Carol's hair was sent for forensic testing, which revealed that her hair had more than 100 times the normal level near the scalp, while towards the end, the arsenic level was lower. Yeah. Because almost zero. Your hair grows out. And, yep. yep. So basically what this confirmed was that about four to eight months ago, Carol had started getting poisoned and that the dose had been steadily increasing over time, which is why it was so high near her scalp because <sighs> the dose was yeah. getting cranked up. And her official diagnosis is now chronic arsenic poisoning. Oh, God. Four to eight months of arsenic. Given the circumstances, Frank's body was exhumed, and when they knew what to look for, they found that he also had between 10 and 100 times the normal level of arsenic in his system when he died. Uh, His chronic arsenic poisoning mirrored his daughter's, except his actually killed him. Yeah. Whereas Carol is just going to need extensive therapy and also some healing time. Oh, God. Meanwhile, Audrey is still in prison for passing the bad checks to the insurance company, but she was arrested for the attempted murder of her daughter on October 9th. A police search revealed a vial of arsenic in her purse. So, like, get it. Come on, girl. Two weeks later, Frank's sister found rat poison among Audrey's things at her mother's house, and guess what was in the rat poison? Arsenic! You're so smart! 
Now, no. Audrey is facing a charge of murder in addition to the already attempted murder charge. So she was probably feeling maybe a little bit nervous, but she was released on bail on November 9th. And so she checked herself into a local motel under a fake name and then she vanished. All that was left behind was a note indicating that she had been kidnapped, but the authorities were like, no. Bitch, she didn't get kidnapped. You didn't get fucking kidnapped. You're on the run because you knew we were on to you for killing your husband and trying to kill your daughter. Yeah. Ten days later, Audrey's aunt reported a break-in at her home. A car, some clothing, and an overnight bag had been stolen, and a note had been left behind. Do not call police. <laughs> we will burn you out if you do. We found what we wanted and will not bother you again. Except the aunt totally did call the police yeah. because she was like, uh, how about I do what the fuck I want, you right. dummy? So good on the aunt for calling the police. In January 1980, Audrey was officially brought up on charges in in her absence, so in yeah. absentia, of her husband's murder. So now she's got attempted murder and official murder on yeah. her rap sheet. In fact, over the course of the investigation, and this is where this story gets bananas. I yeah. know you thought it was bananas before now. Uh, this has been a roller coaster. It's going to get a lot roller coasterier. Okay. It was revealed that both Audrey's mother and her mother-in-law had significant traces of arsenic in their systems when they died, although it wasn't a fatal dose. Uh, Bitch had already tried this two other times. Uh, and you ready for it to get more bananas? Yeah. A childhood friend of Audrey's who died when she was 11 was also exhumed, though she was found to only have a normal amount of arsenic in her system. But, like a lot of kids who visited Audrey at her childhood home, this friend had become very sick after drinking something at the Hilly House. She was poisoning her childhood friends! At 11! Even two police officers who had previously been dispatched to the Hilly household due to a disturbance reported that they became very sick after drinking coffee that Audrey had made. So they were just there, like, randomly being like, hey, we, we, we heard there was, a, there was a ruckus here. Is everything okay? And she's like, oh, let me make you some coffee. And then they drank it and got very sick. Oh, God. Meanwhile, the police have figured all this out, but Audrey is still on the lam. Uh-huh. She has now assumed the identity of Robbie Hannon, she got re-fucking-married and moved to New Hampshire with her new husband. She told him that she had a twin named Terry, and in 1982, which is like three years after yeah. this all started, so she's been on the land for three years. In 1982, she said that she needed to attend to some family matters in Texas, and also she had an illness, and so she needed to go see a doctor mm -hmm. about this illness. During this trip, Robbie mm -hmm. died, leaving Terry to call her husband and say, so sorry, my twin sister, your wife, died, but don't worry about coming for the body because we donated it to science. Anyway. Anyway. Have a great day. And the husband was like, uh. <laughs> like, can you imagine not only faking your own death, but faking being your own fucking twin to tell your new husband, oh yeah, she dead, but I'm still here. Anyway. Uh-huh. Later, Terry would come and meet her dead sister's husband uh -huh. and just, like, hang out in New Hampshire for a little bit. But when the obituary for Robbie turned up in the newspaper, police saw the, like, 180 bazillion red flags. Yeah. And were like, something weird is going on here with this woman, Robbie, and her twin sister just turning up and her dying of a mysterious illness when her husband said she didn't even seem sick. Yeah. So they called Terry in for questioning. So they were, like, they were... Presuming that Robbie had faked her death for some reason, uh -huh. just like, you know, maybe she had dead, maybe she'd done something, who knew? But under questioning, Terry came clean and was like, BT dubs, I'm Audrey Hilly. I poisoned a lot of people. Oh my god. After a very quick trial, Audrey was sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years for the murder of her husband and the attempted murder of her daughter. But wait! Oh, there's more! There's more! Audrey was a model prisoner, and she would earn get-out-of-jail-free day passes. Uh-huh. And after getting a three-day pass one time, she didn't come back. Uh-huh. She had allegedly gone to visit her new husband, which, the most bananas detail of all. Someone very... He stayed with her. No, this is the oh, guy with Robbie and Terry. I'm sorry. There was no one in this world that I could possibly love enough to be like, you pretended you were... One, you had already assumed an identity and had already killed two people, or you had killed at least one person and tried to kill a bunch more. Then you assumed a new identity, married me. Then you pretended you died and that you were your own twin. There was no one in this world that I would be like, 
I understand, and I would like to stay married to I'd you. I'd sidestep that so hard and then run 50 feet in the opposite direction. Right? Like, I'd be like, well, I guess I dodged that bullet not getting fucking poisoned. But anyway, new husband shockingly stayed in the fucking picture. Bananas. But anyway, she had gone to visit him, and then she disappeared from there. Once again, she left behind a note asking her new husband for forgiveness. But this time, she was only missing for four days. She was eventually found in the woods, completely drenched and suffering from hypothermia. She later died in the hospital of a heart attack. Her Uh reputation lives on as the Black Widow of Aniston. So, a lot of that story reminded (laughs) me of that one story from my actual family that I think I oh, told yeah. you about. Oh, yeah! With your, what with was my, it, your uncle it's, it's or your grandfather? great uncle's that one. wife. Yeah! So, great uncle is blood-related to me. Thank God this woman is But not. this woman <laughs> and her twin sister, <laughs> who are both, well, one is a black widow, the other one has the possibility to be a black widow. <laughs> are not related to me by blood. Yay! Only by marriage, and they're on the side of the family that we don't talk to. (laughs) But my great-uncle has said, like, if anything weird happens to me, like, or anything, just make sure that I get an autopsy. Because, like, it's probably her. Because her twin sister... Was named Terry? No. (laughs) But they both had, like, weird, like, kind of matching names. Um, Oh. But her twin sister killed her first husband... And I think maybe her second husband, but then her third husband killed her. Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> it's a circle of life. <laughs> black widows get killed by we black We don't talk about that side of the family lot. <laughs> yeah, that story, I just like... I, I need like, to make sure everyone knows that I'm not blood related. <laughs> <laughs> Except that you are. Conspiracy. There are conspiracy theories that Audrey Hilly didn't actually die from her hypothermia, that she faked her death again and oh, then Christ. just like lived out the rest of her days. But I don't think those hold any No, I think she really died. I think she really died of hypothermia, which like, god damn, of all the things to get her. And not poisoning. And not poisoning. She poisoned yeah. fucking everybody. I think that's what the lady I'm not related to, she used poison. poison. It is very common. I know this because I love murder. It is, women are more likely to be poisoners. If we're going to kill, we're not, like, statistically speaking, women don't often do, like, super violent crimes. Mm-hmm. They'll do slow, steady stream of poison because you're kind of removed from That's it. why it's really fun to analyze the use of poison in Shakespeare's plays. Yeah. Yeah, like, with Romeo and Juliet and also in Hamlet. And we've been, my seniors and I are finishing up Hamlet. We're moving to Rosencrantz and Gilstern are dead soon. Yay. But we've been talking a lot about Claudius's use of poison and yeah. even Laertes being like, I bought this draft from an apothecary in France. Because <laughs> they used to just sell poison just yeah. for anybody who wanted and, it. And one of my students who wants to be a forensic scientist was like, it's really interesting because they didn't really understand like how poison killed people until like the 1920s. So... Oh, interesting. <laughs> Shakespeare is a time traveler. Yes, Heard of he here is. first, folks. Yeah, they just knew that, like, like they didn't, they, you could use poison to kill people. That's what they knew. But they didn't understand, when you look at a dead body, how do we tell uh, that they were killed by poison? So mm. they were like, we know that poison is deadly, but we can't tell we if poison was used. Yeah. I do have, if we have, I think, I think we, we have, have time. time for another I have time. Yeah. This, one's, this one's shorter. This yeah. one was just. That was a wild ride. <laughs> well, good news. So is this. Yes. And this one's recent, too. Woo! This is a recent story of a double-dipping Black Widow. It's the story of Kelly Cochran. (laughs) Our story begins in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Shout out to newly tenured Dr. Elisa Lucas! The UP is a very weird place. If you're from the UP, don't at me. (laughs) I'm a not-UP Michigander. I believe that's what Elisa is. Anyway, everybody go listen to Best Forevers and Fatalities to celebrate Elisa Lucas's tenure. But Dr. Elisa Lucas lives not in the UP anymore. That's true. Yeah. And she's also not a murderer. She's a, she's a central Michigander. And which not is what a murderer. And not a murderer. Anyway, <laughs> Kelly and her husband Jason moved to the UP after Jason injured his back uh, after 10 years of a manual labor-based job. Okay. And they... And not because she, like, beat him? No. Okay. It was because he was... He, I think he was in construction or something. Okay. So it was just... He, he worked a job that yeah. was really hard on Promise the body, back, yeah. and then he, you know, he fucked up his back, and they moved mm-hmm. to the UP because marijuana was legal there. So and he also the get, UP is really nice. And also it's very nice, but they specifically picked it because marijuana yeah. helped him with his mm-hmm. excruciating back pain. Kelly got a job at a factory making parts for Navy ships, mm-hmm. and it was at this job that she met Christopher Reagan. Ooh. 
Despite the 20-year age gap, Christopher and Kelly hit it off. Mm-hmm. Coworkers noticed that they were super close, and they were all about, like, intra-office rumors that they were totally boning. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, those two totes fucking. Mm-hmm. But the affair petered out, although Christopher and Kelly still stayed friends. Mm-hmm. Christopher started trying to patch things up with his recent girlfriend, Terry O'Donnell. Yeah. But after texting Terry to make plans for Thanksgiving, Christopher disappeared. Ten days later, police searched his home, finding it a complete mess, which was out of character for Christopher. He was a very neat person, and his house looked like it had been ransacked. Yeah. They tracked his car down outside of town and found a sticky note with an address on it. Guess what that address was? That's right, Kelly and Jason's home. Ah! Police talked to the Cochrans, but found no red flags other than Jason was kind of standoffish and kind of weird. But they were like, I mean, he probably just doesn't like police. Some people just don't like the police. After hearing tell of the alleged affair, basically the police went to work and they were like, do you know anybody who'd be mad at Christopher? And they were like, uh, he was totes boning that Kelly chick. So like, maybe, maybe dig there. Anyway, the police brought the Cochran's in for questioning, this time actually at the station. Mm-hmm. Kelly came clean about the affair, but said that she and Jason had an understanding. They had an open marriage. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Jason immediately contradicted that during his questioning. Uh-huh. He said he was furious about his wife's dalliance and that they did not have an open marriage. Mm-hmm. And he was not cool with her boning anybody else. No. This was enough for the police, and in March 2015, they searched the Cochrane home for evidence in the disappearance, but they only found Jason's drafted novel, which was about a character going on a killing spree and seeking revenge against someone who had been described as being very similar to Christopher. Fun! No red flags, I love right? it. It's just a fun creative writing exercise. It's just exercise a fun creative writing exercise. Where you, you know, murder people that you maybe know in real life. Whatever. Sure. But without evidence, the Cochrans were free to leave town, which they did. Their lives were seemingly quiet until February 20th, 2016, when Kelly called 911 to report that her husband was not breathing. She was hysterical when paramedics arrived and found Jason dead of an apparent heroin overdose. Uh Uh-huh. But while the medical examiner did find a lot of heroin in Jason's system, that wasn't the cause of death. Uh Uh-huh. He'd been strangled. Ah, Police were like, well, obviously the wife did it. So they repeatedly spoke with Kelly, trying to get her to come clean and admit that she had killed her husband. But after two months of this, Kelly contacted police to tell them she was now somewhere on the West Coast, living on the lam. Detectives kept trying to contact her to her cell phone, like they'd try texting her, both to see if they could, like, get her to be like, you know what, I do, I should confess, you're right, and come in. Or if they could just get, like, GPS coordinates, so they can then be like, oh, she's in Washington, we should go to Washington and find her. Girl, just buy a new phone. I mean, they eventually found her at her cousin's house in Kentucky, so she didn't, like, she didn't go completely off the grid. She was like, I'll just go to her cousin's house, no worries. Once she was in custody, Kelly told police everything. And this is where the story gets certified nutso. Kelly said that when she and Jason married in 2002, they made a pact. If either of them strayed outside the bonds of their marriage, they would kill the person with whom they had cheated. Uh-huh. So when Jason found out about Christopher, he allegedly forced Kelly to lure him to the house and have sex with him. While they were having sex, Kelly said, Jason killed Christopher with a gunshot wound to the head uh-huh. before dismembering him and dumping the body. Uh-huh. She took police to the dump site where they found a skull with a bullet hole and teeth that matched Christopher's dental records. Fucking yikes. But they couldn't find anything else. It was just the skull. Alas. Poor, poor Christopher. Poor Christopher. Like, ugh. I knew him, Horatio. Kelly then told detectives that she started planning her husband's murder after his crime. She said, quote, I evened the score. Kelly was found guilty for her role in the death of Christopher Reagan and in April 2018, pled guilty to the murder of Jason rather than go through a second trial. Uh Uh-huh. While in custody, Kelly then started talking a lot more. Uh Uh-huh. Specifically saying that she and Jason had committed nine other murders. And that the reason why they couldn't find Christopher's other remains was that they didn't dump them at the dump site. Instead, they had kept a few and possibly even ground them up and served them to the neighborhood at a barbecue. Uh Uh-huh. What? To date, Kelly has been charged with no other crimes. So it's possible that she's just just doing the megalomaniac thing of like, I've done all the crimes and you don't understand. Yeah, but... Lord. What? (laughs) What? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, it's possible that she just wants to, like, feel important and be like, I got away with eight different other crimes, and I also dabbled in some cannibalism. But, like, obviously, this blew up in, like, the tabloidier parts of newspapers. Yeah. Like, particularly all of the UK's, like, tabloids were all over this, because they were like, hold up, a lady cannibal? We're in! What? Can we talk a little bit about Christopher's, not Christopher, Jason's novel? <laughs> yes, but only if we can also talk about their weird pact at marriage. That, I don't, uh, yeah, that's what I'm like, uh, there's so much here that I'm just, like, You know what happens if somebody cheats on you and you can't move past it? You break up. Yeah, you leave them. The end. You go, well, I guess this wasn't meant to be. And right. you just, you, you just leave you it at that. You go, we gave it a good try. Your partner to lure the person there so your part like your well, actual partner can kill them? And that's the other thing. We only have her word for it. Right. And we know for sure she killed Jason because she said she killed right. Jason. So it's possible that she just acted on her own, killed Christopher, and then killed her husband as well and implicated him and made up this whole thing about Did the past. Did she write the story? I don't know. Like she They said it was Jason's draft, but like how do you know unless he wrote his name on it? But even still, you can write anybody's name you on anything. You could be her and write, yeah. Yeah. Jason's draft. You could gone girl that shit. Mhm. I don't know. It's bananas. And that was that was recent recent recent. And like police are pretty sure they didn't actually kill nine other people because it didn't match the details of any like open cases open that cases, they have yeah. or any like but cases that, in general, right. but like but what kind of monster do you have to be to be like, also, I killed nine other people. I and also, nine. I ate someone. Ugh. Yeah. Black widows. Yikes. Murderesses. Big yikes. I mean, any murderer, yikes, but these two in particular, these, these were, big these were yikes. Rough. These were like, yikers. Yeah. And like, a lot of the time, I think the black widow represent representation is like, you know, a, a, like I said before, it's... It's a domestic violence incident, right. but because it's a lady doing it, we're like, oh, this is so sinister. It's like, no, it's domestic violence. Women do it too. Yeah. Like, we need to be aware of that. We need to fight against it, because obviously domestic violence is horrible. Yeah. But black widows get a reputation that men who kill their wives don't. Yep. Like, there's no such thing as the other way around. Right. But I don't know what in the animal kingdom, what males kill their female partners. <laughs> like, a lot of other... <laughs> Probably, but like, there, there's not like a... It's not like you'd be like, oh, that guy... He's a total salamander. Like, that's not... I don't know if salamanders kill their mates, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's not a reputation we give men. Yeah. I was just thinking about Chicago. Yes! That's apparently inspired by a real murderess's row. Oh, interesting. Like, not, like, obviously the crimes aren't, but there was something called murderess's row in Chicago. We should look into it sometime. We should. Because we love murder. Spooky. Spooky. All right. I did try to find, like, black widows who then came back as ghosts, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Was, that Especially like, Natasha Romanoff came back <laughs> as a ghost. And then <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear about comic book issue number 173. Yeah. When I was trying to look for, like, the history of, like, black widows and, like, that kind of crime, I kept yeah. getting, like, black widows origin story. And I was like, no, this is not what I'm here for. I don't want this. This is not my podcast. No. Yeah. I'm here for, like, Captain Marvel. Yeah. That cat. I'm all on board for yeah. Goose the Cat. Yeah. Have you seen the gifts of the cat? Yeah, it's a good cat. Oh, it's a very good cat. Yeah. So, stay tuned for more Spoop Hour next week. Yes. Um, we'll, let's see. By next week, it will not be the next round of the snack yet. Or will it? Yeah, it the will. Tenth, yeah, because yeah, it drops yeah. every Sunday. It drops every Sunday. So, we'll come back at so you we'll with come another, back at you with another thought, and feelings. thought and feelings segment. Which will maybe be less angry depending on who it's moves unclear. forward. It's we unclear. might both be equally Ta- angry. I, honestly, Tater Tots is moving forward and not Pickles. I mean... Like, objectively, I can say that. There were a couple of things that I voted for where I was like, I'm going to pity vote for this because I know it's not coming back next round. I did that with whatever was up against Sour Patch Kids. I yeah. do not like Sour Patch Kids, but I knew they were going to Oh, it was, uh, it was Twizzlers, I think. Yeah, I voted yeah. for Twizzlers. There's um, no way Twizzlers I think I voted win. for Toast with anything on top of it. What was that? What was that one up against? It was up because I think I voted for the other thing, but yeah. I don't remember why. Just because I don't usually think of toast as a snack, toast is like a meal. Yeah, for I say this is someone who had uh, celery with peanut butter on it for lunch. Yeah, I I love toast. I and let's see. If you're looking for the snack it, you can go on Facebook and just search the snack it. It comes right up. You can go on Twitter. I don't think he's posted this year's poll to it, but he's at the snack it. Mm-hmm. And we also posted the link to it on our Twitter. Yeah. And we'll include it yeah. in our Instagram post roundup of, like, pictures and stuff. Yeah. I'll post a, 
a pretty link of yeah. like where you can find it. Probably. Yeah, you definitely voted for the other one because it was Oreos. Oh yeah, I yeah. for sure. Did. And I, if it wasn't up against Toast, I would have voted for Oreos. But I know Oreos is going to the next round. So you were pity voting. So toast. I pity voted Toast because I do love, I do love Toast. I mean, also I was eating Toast. Oh. I was eating a bit toasted bagel while I was doing the but snack. That's a form of toast. And it's a form of toast. And I do love cream cheese. It said toast with any toppings, and I love honey walnut cream cheese so see for go. me it's like toast with peanut butter on it done mm, but that's yum. again that's a meal if that's, i'm yeah. eating that i'm not thinking this is a snack yeah. that i am eating i'm thinking this is my mm. meal yeah and that was another thing where i try i i don't tend to snack in the middle of the night it'll be the thing it. where i'm like i'm just going to bed yeah <laughs> i'm just grumpy and i'm just gonna go to bed i'm more of a the only time on midnight snack is if we're having like people over or if yeah. i'm up super super late yeah like i was traveling and i got home at 11 o'clock and i'm like shit yeah, <laughs> yeah like or like you know we have people over for new year's and we're awake till two in the morning at midnight if there's queso i'm gonna eat yeah. it like that's just that's just how it is so this has been snack hour with a little bit of spoon with a little bit of murders murder so um stay tuned next week for another episode of snack hour with tell us some spooky things yes tell us your thoughts and feelings about snacks tell us your thoughts and feelings about spoop as always send us your ghost stories if your school building like my best friends is also haunted go ahead and email us spoophour at gmail.com i'll keep you posted if there are more developments with this ghost it sounds like it is a very active ghost yeah so i'm sure there will be snack our vel why is the non-Game of Thrones person saying the Game of Thrones I joke? I don't know. Why did you do this to yourself? Stay spoopy. Snacks. Didn't they botch the investigation of a serial killer because of prejudice inside the force? Catching images of what they believe are ghosts. The victims there vulnerable women many indigenous. The world is a lot. It really is. That's why we started our podcast, Six Sad World. I am Jasmine, and this is my co-host Mari, and we host a bi-weekly podcast on all things macabre. We cover anything from serial killers, to cults, to alien conspiracies, to ghost stories, and so much more. We are childhood friends, and we're both passionate about social justice. We'll discuss how these things intersect with racism, sexism, ableism, and queermisia. We both have unique perspectives coming from marginalized identities. Me as a black cis woman, and Mari as a disabled trans person. We offer the kinds of conversations we felt were missing in true crime and horror. And we're hoping you'll join the conversation too. So check out Six Sad World. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find your podcasts.